Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. He's coming in a little bit. He's coming in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> hold on, Skyler. Let me send you that. He's coming in a little bit early in his neck of the woods. I believe Skyler is coming in from Texas this morning. What's life like over there in Texas, Skyler? Man, we're starting to get some of the humidity out here. I just moved out from uh, California to Texas, and so I'm just getting used to these uh, spring and summer months. <laughs> That's right. You guys just recently made that adjustment, and I think you've got some interesting heat headed your way. You guys, Skyler <laughs> is the CEO of Superior Restoration. He also is the creator of Rise Up Kings and Overnight Branding. Superior Restoration is a $10 million company that operates on its own. As At Rise Up Kings, he teaches business owners how to scale their companies while staying balanced in their faith, their family, and their fitness. I had the honor of meeting Skyler originally on my daily morning show, Hashtag Rise and Grind. We met through a mutual connection. Him and I just absolutely hit it off. And 
since then he's been at my house and him and I have rode little dirt bikes and quads in the middle of the night out to cemeteries out in the middle of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Popped off fireworks, almost blew our own hands off. <laughs> We've also spent some time together on the business side, pouring into other humans as I've had the opportunity to speak at one of Skylar's incredible events. I throw events and I will be the first one to say that I've never seen anybody throw an event like this guy. When I left his event, I had six pages of notes, not just from what I learned at the event, but what I learned about how he throws an event. Absolutely incredible, over-the-top experience for everybody involved. He throws events for husbands. He throws events for wives. He makes sure to include everybody in everything that he does. Skylar, you're a one-of-a-kind human being, man, and I am so grateful that you have chosen to spend some time with us here on Breakfast with Champions today. I'd love for everyone to get to know you a little bit the way that I have had the opportunity to get to know you. So Skylar, let's go back just a little bit. Talk to me about where you were and who you were before Superior Restoration. And then let's dive in just a little bit on where that came from. And then we'll get to Rise Up Kings. And we're also gonna talk about your book that just came out. I believe it was yesterday or the day before the two-day CEO. We're going to dive into that as well. But let's start for, let, let's get the, let them get their chance to know you just a little bit. Talk to me just before Superior Restoration. Who was Skylar? What was going on in your world? And let's go from there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words too, Glenn. Um, you're an amazing human brother. It's, uh, it's fun being associated with you. Um, so yeah, I mean, before, before, so, so, so I grow, growing up as a kid, I, I just had this vision for, for being able to create success. I don't know if anybody on this call has ever like felt the calling, the call to like do something significant, do something meaningful, like do something bigger than themselves. And so I, I had that as a kid and I just remember, I, I remember lay, laying in bed, just looking up at the ceiling when I was probably 12 years old, just thinking like, man, how do I create success? Like, I know I want to be successful, but I don't, I don't know what that looks like. Then it was 14, 16 years old. And I, I started starting little companies and started, uh, you know, started selling candy at school. I started a uh, little website business. I started I mean, all kinds of, I think I started about 10 different businesses before the time I was 18, trying to figure out what that path looks like. Um, and then eventually, uh, yeah, eventually built up a couple small companies, ended up, they ended up crashing and burning. Uh, I filed bankruptcy when I was, uh, uh, I think it was 23. I actually lost everything. I was, I was pretty ambitious, trying to figure out what that path looks like. Lost everything. That was right before I met Jessica, my amazing wife. I think women help make men uh, <laughs> better in many, many ways. And so I ended up meeting Jessica, and she kind of helped mature me, kind of helped me level up and see the greatness that was inside of me. Um, and, yeah, and so – like my, my journey was I, I started to become negative from all this things that started to, to the failures that I had. And then I realized like life happens for you, not to you. So I, I used to think life happens to you, but it actually, I, I recently found out life happens for you. So all the things that we do, like they're, they're for our best interest, like God's going to use them for good. And so I, um, yeah, ended up starting Superior Restoration Man and just growing that thing to ten million, and uh, yeah, yeah, I had an interesting journey. It's been a, it's been a wild journey of uh, pain and failure, ups and downs, great successes, and kind of some low some low lows, which um, I think has given me yeah a lot some some good perspective. So yeah, those low lows will do that. That's for <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> those low lows will open your eyes real quick will wake you up, man. Talk to me about that real quick. So you went out, you'd always been kind of creating little businesses. Uh, that's just kind of how, how you were wired. You build up, you're 23 years old, man. You go bankrupt, right? Like you go bankrupt, huge, like tremendous blow, I'm sure, right? As you're building things, tremendous blow. How do you bounce back from a spot like that and not allow that to eat away at you and keep you from continuing to strive for greatness. You know, that's a great question. Uh, I think, well, I mean, God, God definitely played, played a role in that. Um, and, uh, and it was, it was just that I just, I just 
you know, I, I listened to some Tony Robbins stuff and listened to some Zig Ziglar kind of, kind of growing up. My dad, uh, he used to sell Kirby vacuums and uh, he was a car salesman. Uh, and so he would listen to all these kind of motivational things and it would talk about failure, right? Getting back up again and how that, uh, it's just a part of the, a part of being successful is the ability to get back up. So it's not, it's not the fact that you got knocked down. It's how quickly can you get up? That makes a difference. So some people, they stay down for a long time. And so I just, I just knew I had to continue to get back up. So after, after I lost everything, um, which was disappointing because I thought, you know, I thought I was going to be successful. So then I lose everything and I'm pretty confused at that point. Like, okay, this is much harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, to build and create wealth and success. Um, and part of that journey too, it was interesting. I, I realized that I was actually trying to create success because I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to become significant. It really was from a place of, uh, I would say, insecurity or you know, not, not feeling good enough. And so I had to kind of go on a journey of self-reflection and find out like, hey, you know, do I need success to be able to prove myself or am I good enough just the way I am? Right. And so I, I kind of went on a, a deep journey of self-reflection during that time and started to kind of get clear on my purpose. And uh, and that's what started dr driving me was understanding why I was created and and starting to live out of alignment uh, with my purpose, um, which is when we ended up started starting superior restoration and kind of using that as a vehicle to help people. Yeah, so let's 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 expand from that, right? So you built up Superior Restoration, which you still own and operate, right? That company's doing what is what is that company? Annually? Yeah, it's cool. We have forty employees, revenue? man. We have ten million dollars a year in revenue, and yeah, I work. So I I just wrote the book, the Two Day a Week CEO, because I ran that business at, for my my goal was always to have a business that could operate on its own. For some reason, I wanted to have a business that could run on its own and didn't require me to be there every day. And so I launched, uh, so I was, I was always working towards that. Um, and so Superior Restoration, yeah, yeah, I've, over the last, yeah, 10, 10 plus years, I've uh, built it out in a way where I can operate on its own. Uh, and so I, I work, now that I moved to Texas, it's in California, I work about, I have one hour call with my executive team once a week. And that's pretty much it besides reviewing financials once a month. So the team, it's an employee ran company. So all the employees run the whole company. And, uh, and that's what, that's what the book is about is, is I teach entrepreneurs how to, uh, how to scale their companies and how to systemize them, uh, whether it's a small company, a startup, or whether it's upper management, looking to figure out how to build a, to build their role to where it's not consuming them. But I, I, that's, that's my passion is sharing with people, how do you do that? How do you build a business that doesn't consume you, that you're not chained to, that you're not trapped inside, where you actually have freedom and wealth that can be built from it, so. But no, Skylar, no. You have to work 90 hours a week. You gotta be in the trenches from six in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. I mean, come on, man. They told us <laughs> how we do this. This two-day CEO thing, man, that's nonsense. There's no way, right? There's no way. Don't we just have to get our head down and just grind and just work hard every single day? Isn't that the, the, the formula or do you disagree? Yeah, that's funny, right? Because that was, uh, I like Gary Vee, but Gary Vee, I think, was, uh, the, you, know, you know, work the, yeah, again, 90 hours a week, which is all, and, and sometimes in business, right, you're going to have to jumpstart it. You're going to have to put a lot of time in it. But uh, the biggest thing is, is no, no, that's not necessary. You can work smarter than harder, 100%. Uh, if you do it the right way, but a lot of people don't know how to, don't know how to do that. Right. It's like, how do we, all they know is to work hard because they haven't learned the business strategies to scale a company and to systemize it. So they, they work very hard at it instead of building it and making it a process driven, uh, business. Um, and so, so yeah, so there's freedom when you build it as a process driven business. And, and, and I, this all came from a need, right? I had, when I had my first kid, I realized like, crap, I can't be. I can't be, I want to spend time with my family and my business is consuming me. I can't let that happen like long-term, like what's the plan? And so I started to build it in a way where I could have freedom too, with, with, to be able to go to my, go hang out with my, my, my son, to go be able to spend time with my wife, to actually not, I, I look, I look at, uh, at marriage and business this way. So marriage, right. And your relationship with your wife and your kids is a glass ball. Business is a rubber ball. 
The rubber ball, if you drop, you hold it up, right? I'm visualizing holding these two balls up. If you drop the rubber ball, it'll bounce. And it'll, and you could always restart a business. You could always, you know, you're going to be able to come back and fix things in business. You drop that glass ball, right? You, you neglect your family for too long. You neglect your, um, your, your kids, your wife, like there could be permanent damage. You drop that ball, it could shatter and you could lose your wife, right? You could lose the relationship with your kids. And so you have to know like, Hey, you, they're not equal. You can't neglect your family for too long. You can't just go grind in business. Like you have to invest every day into those, into your, your family, right? Otherwise there's going to be some damage there. Um, so that's my kind of perspective. And from that need is, is also how I started to systemize the business more to, to get it to where I could have some more freedom. I absolutely love it, man. And I love that visual. I love how you're able to break things down in a way that we can consume that, right? We can, we can, we can, we can all visualize that and feel that. I think if, I don't know about the rest of you in the room, but like, as I'm thinking about that glass ball and how fragile that is, but yet how valuable it is, right? Like, my family is far more valuable than any company I'll ever put together, far more valuable than any dollar that I'll ever earn, uh, spend, consume, invest. You know, that glass ball, fragile, yet incredibly valuable. Perfect, perfect, perfect visual, Skylar. I love it. So talk to me. You've got this company. It's rocking and rolling. You're making all kinds of money. And uh, you're making an impact with your company. You're doing this in maybe two days a week or whatever it is at that point in time. And you're just like, you know what? I'm going to put together this Rise Up Kings thing and start holding events and pouring into people and adding that onto my plate. Like, you didn't have to do that. Like, you guys were, you, you were good, right? You were good. So where did this Rise Up Kings thing come from? And, and what's that all about? Because I've watched you build it over a very short period of time, to be honest very short period of time and you've it's it's just incredible what you've been able to do so talk to me about rise up kings where that came from why that's important yeah uh so so yeah it's a superior restoration so i was you know i it was in temecula i moved to uh, we moved to orange county we moved about an hour away from the business and that's when i started doing two days a week that was about six years ago uh and then i, I ran the business for about four and a half five years at two days a week and with that time i, I was just really connecting with family and doing other little fun things and startups and things like that. And so I got the business to work and start to operate on its own and where the team really ran the business, the team made all the decisions. It's funny, our team's way more capable than we, we give them credit for. Like they don't need us. We think that we, we, we think they need us for the decision-making, but no, our team's very capable. And so I learned to start to rely on my team and have them make a lot of the decisions. And so I had freedom. I had some space to go fulfill my purpose, to go live it out at a higher level. And so I decided, hey, I, I want to go like, well, how could I maximize the gifts that God's given me uh, and, and take it take it to a whole other level of impact? Because my, my goal is I want to positively impact as many people as I can. And so I launched, I launched Rise Up Kings, which later became Rise Up Kings and Rise Up Queens, which is what my wife runs. And we, I launched it. I, I ran my first event. It's hilarious. The first event that I ran, I ran in January of 2020. And guess what happened two months later? Yeah, freaking COVID hit. So I'm launching a whole event and seminar thing, and then COVID hits. And so, uh, you know, I didn't take that as a sign, though, that I wasn't meant to do that. So we ended up, I ended up relaunching the events in August of 2020 after COVID destroyed my dr dreams of you know, helping people do deep transformational work. And, uh, and yeah, launched, launched uh, Rise Up Kings. And man, it's been, it's just been on fire. So we, we coach uh, hundreds of CEOs and owners across the, the uh, country, or we primarily run events. And then we have some coaching and some mastermind stuff on the back end to support them. But it's really like transformational events. And it's, um, it's just amazing how many people struggle staying balanced in their business and in their personal life and in their faith and with their fitness and health. It's a constant battle. And so it kind of put together a whole system to help people manage that. And so that's, you know, that's uh, rise of Kings. So we've been, we've been going about two years and had a pretty significant uh, impact with it. And it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing better than helping people live out the greatness that exists inside themselves. I believe everybody has greatness inside it's just untapped 
for most people. And so I hope the people listening to this, like have a fire to go tap into that more and reach their potential. Now, Skylar, I went to, I had the honor of speaking at uh, one of your Rise Up Kings events and I went out a day early and I went out to your house. You got a bunch of land out there and uh, you had a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of people out there like doing tug of war and covered in mud and uh, shooting each other with paintball guns and, uh, you know, all kinds of wild stuff, big old bonfire. Like it was wild, man. And uh, so, so with Rise Up Kings, talk to me about how you're utilizing unique and experiential experience, uh, situations in order to help grow and develop these these leaders and really extract that greatness that they have inside. Mm, so good, extract it, right, to, to tap into that. So, yeah, so you, I think we've all been to events where they're just speakers, nothing wrong with that, right? But we just, like, you can only gain so much information and insight when you're working with a speaker, or you're listening to a speaker on stage when they're kind of talking at you, unless you're Glenn Lundy and you can actually energize the whole room with your words. That's uh, that's more unique, but most right. Thank most you, speakers, sir. Just, Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you bring the fire, man. Um, so 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 yeah. So most, I mean, that's that's most of the things we do. We'll either read a book, right, or we'll go to an event and listen to speakers. But that's not where the transformational work like happens. It happens through through experiences, experiential learning is what I call it, where you actually can go through and do some deeper experiences because then you could take the what somebody may just talk at you you can actually feel the lesson by doing and going through an experience and then it is ingrained in you at your core as opposed to in your head right we, we learn all this stuff in our head but it's not transforming our soul and like who we are and so i love running events we have a whole series of events where we're like we, we take somebody and we just it just shifts them at their core based on the, like a series of experiences, whether that be getting feedback from people right in the room of their experience of you, or I mean, all, all kinds of stuff that we do and you get a chance to process it. I'm like, man, what does this mean? And then it usually there's, there's some powerful empowering meanings from it. So I love experiential work is very profound um, as opposed to, you know, kind of conference, conference style speaking. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you, man. I think that, um, I think everyone in this room, if you think for just a second, if you think about the last event that you were at, my guess is your force, your first thought, when you think about that last event that you were at, your first thought is going to be something that you experienced, something that you felt, not necessarily something that you heard, right? not necessarily something, a lesson or a strategy that you learned from the stage. I mean, all that stuff's valuable, don't get me wrong. But my guess is your first thought is going to be how it made you feel and the experience that you had. And we really, we really connect with that. You do one um, really interesting thing at the event where you have everybody stand face to face in front of each other and grade them on a scale of one to 10, basically on whether or not you'd like let that person lead your family. And it's, it's like just without even knowing the person, just making a judge, a judgment call. And when I was watching people go through that and watching people get through the, their, their scores, like talk about some self-awareness, right? Like how are you showing up to people that don't even know you? And I had never even thought about that. I'm always thinking about how I'm showing up for my wife, how I'm showing up for my clients, how I'm showing up in this room. Like I'm thinking about how I'm showing up for certain people, but I've never even thought like, how are you showing up for the person that's looking at you from across the room? And that was really, it was just powerful watching that whole experience, man. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. That was pretty profound. Actually, afterwards, I got some great feedback from that. It shifted some people because how, how do we interact with people with humanity, right? We're all, we're all connected. We're all human beings and we're all, we're all tied together. We may not realize it, but we are all tied together and connected yet. We'll, we'll ignore the person, the, you know, at the, at the gas station, the, you know, person at the desk, right. Or we'll just kind of talk down to them, or maybe we just don't smile at them or we don't ask them how, how they're really doing. Like we just, we ignore people. And so how do you show up around people and are you outward focused? 
and our and 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 you won't know. You don't really know until you get feedback on. Hey, this has been my experience of you. Hey, like you went above and beyond to connect with me, or hey, you didn't care about me. And so that's uh, right. And and some people might say, uh, I don't, you know, I only have so much time. I can't care for everybody. And you, you, we each we each get we each get an opportunity to have a, an interaction and a connection with each person we meet on a regular basis. And it could take a minute to make someone's day, right? By smiling at them or, or asking to pray for them or connecting, just connecting with them at some level. And so it's, uh, it's up to us to go make the world a better place, not, not waiting for the government, right? Or, uh, you know, politicians to, to make everything better. Like we're, we're the people in charge to go make a difference and to go like shift the minds and hearts of this world. And then- hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. It's, it, it, it starts by each interaction that we have. It's not, it's not group speaking, right? It's every interaction that we have with humans, human beings, instead of treating them like objects. I got caught into a, you know, I used to see people as objects, right? As tools to get what I wanted done, right? My employees, I would see as tools. I didn't want to see them that way, but if I was being truthful, they were, they were someone to help me get my goals achieved, right? As opposed to human beings that had like this deep, level of, 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 of wanting to be connected with. And so I, I had to shift my mindset from, from, Hey, these are tools to like, these are human beings that have hearts and souls and I need to like, not treat them as a tool. Um, yeah. And that was, a, yeah. that was a punch in the face when I got feedback on how I was showing up at times, it, it was apparent. I was treating people as I was using them as tools. I love that, man. I think that's super, super valuable. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my friend, Skylar Lewis. Skylar is a multi-million dollar company builder. He's also a global impactor. He is helping people all around the world. He's helping people find ways to live life on purpose, to be able to build wealth, and at the same time, build strong faith, fitness, family well-rounded, being able to have your cake and eat it too, as they say. He's recently written a book called The Two-Day CEO, breaking down how we maybe, we maybe have been trained a little bit off on what it takes to build success and to build a successful company. I would love for all of you to click that link at the very top of the room. You'll see The Two-Day CEO Go ahead and click that link. Order Skylar's book right now. Uh, I personally am going to order 50 copies of Skylar's book. I'm going to order 50 copies of Skylar's book. I'm going to send it out to all of the dealers that I have in my 800% Elite Automotive Group, all of the CEOs that I work with because I watch them, Skylar. I watch these guys in the car business sometimes. And bro, it's it's heartbreaking because I see what happens on the other end. I see them build massive success. And then I see on the other end, they're divorced, estranged children, miserable. They got all kinds of money. They got nice cars. They got nice houses. But they broke that glass ball. I see it all the time in this business. So I'm going to grab 50 copies. I'm going to hand them out to all the CEOs that I know. Because I believe in Skyler, I believe in this book, I believe this is going to help, and I highly suggest that all of you grab a copy of his book as well. And if you work with any leaders, grab copies for those leaders as well. Like this is the this is the information we need to get out there. This is what people need to hear. So let's dive into it a little bit more, Skyler. Tell them what they're going to get. Those that are ordering a copy of the Two Day CEO, tell them what they're going to get in this book. Why it's so important, and why it was so important to you to get this, this, this out on paper to take the time and energy and effort to actually put this book together and get it out into the world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, I, yeah, it's funny. We just, just launched it two days ago. It took me two years to get this thing written 
and done and revised. And uh, so I'm so excited to have this thing launched. I put a lot of work into it. There's some pretty good nuggets. Um, the uh, and just just for those people that are interested in buying it, there's a uh, when you click the link todayceo.com, it'll go to. Uh, I have some bonuses for people right now, just during this launch phase where I'm giving away all, all kinds of free tools and tracking sheets and things that I've used to help me grow my companies. And so those, those are free bonuses on there when you buy, when you buy the book on Amazon, uh, if you go to that website. So, um, so yeah, so, so I wrote, I wrote it first off. I, I wrote it because, uh, yeah, I wrote it because I just saw people do, like you mentioned, do, do go in the hard way. And I knew there was the easier route and I wanted to support people and inspire them to run businesses differently, right? I used to see people as tools. I used to uh, focus on just getting more hard work done than smart work. And I used to be really people reliant in my business as opposed to processes reliant. Uh, and I was just doing stuff backwards and nobody ever taught me how to successfully run a company, right? I didn't go to a school and get my MBA uh, to learn how to run a business. So that was trial and error. And so I've taken all of those lessons that I've learned, right? I've spent over 300,000 in the last five years, six years on coaches and seminars and business and accounting things. Like, how do you look at your financials? How do you, all of this stuff I've put into the book, like the best things that I've learned and I've utilized with all my companies that I've ran. And so it's really, how do you run a business? How do you scale a business? How do you have more freedom? How do you, how do you create a lifestyle that will serve you? We're a business that will serve you instead of you always having to serve the business, right? How do you get some, how do you build a business that will create some freedom and some liberty and some abundance in your life? And so that's in essence what the book is. It's actually my whole story. I've kind of weaved out a really cool story. So it's not a dry business book, like with just facts and numbers. It's actually a really cool storyline built through the whole thing with my actual true, pretty crazy circumstances and events that happened. Uh, that all have really good lessons uh, tied to them. So it's a good book to read with teams and people um, together, chapter by chapter. So talk to me from talk to me from like the beginning. So how do I how do I even start? Like the the idea of running a company. Now you're running it an hour a week, but the idea of running a ten million dollar company two days a week it just it, it just sounds crazy right like it just sounds it just sounds wild based on kind of what we're used to so take me like what's step one and two if i wanted to if i'm in that spot right now i'm grinding i'm working i'm putting in the hours my company's successful mm -hmm. i have no idea how i could possibly step out three days a week like what is step one and step two to start moving in the direction of being a two-day ceo yeah it's beautiful. I say step one is getting a spreadsheet or a document and writing out all of the tasks that you do every day or every week, right? Line them all out, all of them, whether it's 20 things, 30 things, 50 things that you do, how much time they usually take you. And then if you want to delete that task, delegate that task or hand it off to a specific or, 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 or keep the task, delete, delegate or keep. And so I, I, I break, I, I recommend people to do that, do take an inventory of where they spend their time. Cause if you want to create more time, more space spending it currently a realistic view. And so I would get clear on that and then figure out right, all those things gate. Hey, you know what? There's these five things I want to delegate. Then you have to get clear on who you have to hire. Who's the person that you could start handing those tasks off to. And the thing is, we think people can't do it as good as us. They don't have to do it as good as you. They have to do it maybe 90%, 85, 90% as good as, as you do it. So it's not going to be perfect. Sometimes you'll find people that do it even better. But just get them to, get them to 85, 90% and hand those tasks off because it's the only way to create freedom. People, like getting people on your team, the right people, make the biggest difference. Right? I talk about people and process. This is the people side of things. Right, starting to hire the right people to take off your tasks and to hand those off to support the growth of the company, of wherever you're at, whether you're a startup or whether you're CEO of a $50 million company and you gotta figure out how to get to the next level where you're not consumed, it's always, hey, what am I doing that I need to hand off to a person, to somebody to go support and take those tasks? That's, that's step one, I would say. And then two is process. Looking at everything from a process point of view, McDonald's 
right? We all, we all love, no, no, I almost said we all love McDonald's. I love the model of McDonald's, but the model of McDonald's, McDonald's breakfast is good, bro. Like, it, it, it is I know, I know you good. and your wife probably ain't eating like that, but I'm just saying it's good. Dude, dude. no, we don't eat McDonald's. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Wait, what, 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 what was that? Somebody that said, was the McDonald's do, do, song. Do, 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 do. song. <laughs> oh, that is the McDonald's. That's how much I eat at McDonald's, exactly. Um, so, so McDonald's up. So anyway, so they they simplify. So they they they've taken up because the question is right. So here's the deal. They get they get 18, 19, 20 year olds to run a multi million dollar restaurants. And are restaurants easy to run? Heck no. No. Very challenging to run. So, so my question is, could an 18, 19, or 20-year-old run your business? Is it that simple? Have you simplified it that much and made it process-driven to where somebody could just take the reins? And that's what McDonald's has done. They just simp- – so we have a kind of a recipe. It's simplify and then duplicate. That's what scaling a business is. You simplify the processes, right? If somebody's answering the phones, simplify what they're saying, get it into a script, then duplicate it. Same with sales, same with every part of the business. You simplify it so you can duplicate it. Because if it's too complex, you can't duplicate it. I mean, and I I work with people that have AI companies. Like, how am I going to simplify AI and make it a process? And they find ways to to make it more process-driven, get it out of their head as the owner and onto paper with the SOPs and documenting that process so that they could actually start to simplify the process, whether it be answering the phone or doing a construction side or, or selling with selling a customer, uh, whatever it may be, you can simplify it and then you can start the duplication process. So simplify, duplicate, uh, uh, document, and then duplicate. So document the process and then duplicate that process over and over. And that's what McDonald's has done. That's what any great company, they're literally simplifying, documenting the process, like how to do it, and then duplicating that process over and over. So if you get the right people in place and then you start really being process driven, meaning not everything relies on people, like there's actually, you have a good process flow, like that is a way you'll be be able to have some freedom. But if you don't hire the right people, you always go with the cheapest ones and you'll never take the time to document and simplify your processes, then uh, then you'll be stuck, you'll be stuck in it forever like most owners. So simplify, document, duplicate. And then we're also going to delegate, keep or delete, right? Delegate, Mm -hmm. keep or delete, simplify, duplicate or document and duplicate. I'm loving this. You guys picking up what he's putting down over here? Make some noise if you're picking up what Skyler's putting down. All day. All day, right? I'm loving this. I'm loving this. So I did go in, Skylar. I forgot on Amazon. It only lets me buy 30 at a time. So I'll go in and buy another 20 here because I'm definitely going to get 50 copies of this book. I am so glad that you took the time uh, to write it, to share this wisdom, to share this knowledge, uh, because I know it's going to make a massive impact. So let's go a little bit deeper on, you said that the book is experiential. Uh, it tells some stories and some life lessons. What is one of the big life lessons that you learned, maybe that you haven't shared with us already, a big life lesson that you've learned uh, that you that you share a little bit about in the two-day CEO book? Yeah, there's so many good ones in there. Um, so I'll pull, I'll pull one of them. So I had a, uh, as I was trying to systemize my business, right, kind of get the business to run on its own, I hired a, an assistant, like office manager assistant, uh, uh, actually an office manager. Uh, her name was Nikki and I hired her um, and so brought her on board and she started to help us kind of run the company. So she was started doing accounts receivable, collecting, uh, answering the phones, handling client issues, kind of helping with everything. And so we're like, fantastic. And so me and Jessica got to a point with her and then the team where we're like, hey, we feel, we'll, we feel like the business is starting to run on its own. Awesome. And so... I told Jessica, I said, let's go on a long cruise. Let's go have fun. Like the business is starting to get there. Like we're pretty excited. So we went on a cruise. Uh, and then during the middle of the cruise, I felt kind of convicted. I sat down with Jessica in the state room, in the room, and she was on the bed. I was on the couch. And I said, hey, babe. So like, I, I don't, I like Nikki, but 
I, I feel like I don't trust her completely. I said, do, do you trust Nikki, you know, completely? And she said, not, not really. Like I trust her maybe 95%, but there's something about her. I just don't know what it is. And then Nikki had actually watched our kid at a certain point. Like she, like we, we kind of were very trusting with her. And so I said, Hey, if I don't want to ever have anybody on my team that I don't trust, I need to be able to trust them a hundred percent. I'm not going to build a company on people that like this, something's off and I don't know what it is. So we ended up going back and we, we let her go. We moved on from her, even though we had no one to take over. And then my assistant uh, kind of was helping out and she came to us and she said, Hey, Skylar, we have a problem. Uh, I'm like really scared on her face. She said, I've been calling all the customers to collect and they said they've already paid. All of them have said they've already paid us, but we don't have any record for their payment on anything. And so it was like, uh, well, what, what, what do you mean? And so anyway, we found out Nikki had actually been from the very beginning embezzling money from us. She created a PayPal account with our company name and had been calling the customers and said, hey, we're actually collecting the final payment via PayPal. There's something wrong with our payment processing and was collecting and stealing money since she, as soon as she got access, like almost from the very beginning. And she was with us for about a year. And so she had been stealing money the entire time. And so super devastating for us, right? Felt like we were betrayed. I mean, all the worst emotions. And then, and then I went into a funk. My wife went into a funk for like, can we trust people anymore? Like, what does this mean? Right? And so I was able to, luckily I, I started taking the victim role. Like, hey, you know what? This happened to me. Like, this is like I was stolen from. All of this happened to me. And like I kind of mentioned before, like I, I came to the conclusion that, you know what? If I stay in this position where something would happen to me, where I'm in the kind of victim role, I'll be, because all the worst emotions come with being a victim, right? Betrayed, you feel weak, you feel powerless, you feel angry, resentful. I mean, it's literally every all of the emotions that you could possibly think of that are the worst emotions come when you are in a victim or you feel like you were victimized. And guess what the opposite is? Responsibility. It's taking responsibility. And so the trick is if you can find a way to say, hey, I had some responsibility in this. I wasn't at fault completely, right? Those are different. But I have some level of responsibility. And what I do, and I try to make this a point, is anything that happens to me or I think happens to me, I try to find a way I was responsible for it. Had some level of responsibility. So I was brainstorming, I'm like, okay, how do I have responsibility in this? Because I don't want to feel this way. I want to feel powerful. I want to feel strong. I don't want to have all those emotions. And all those emotions come when you're a victim. And so I said, how am I, how am I not a victim, basically? How, how do I have some level of responsibility? So I'm like, man, I, I hired her. Well, that's one thing. Uh, I didn't do a proper background check on her. We later found out she had a felony. I, um, I didn't set up proper checks and balances for accounting to make sure that she couldn't steal money because I could have easily set that up, but I didn't have the experience in that. Uh, I kept her on board, even though I didn't fully trust her. I mean, I went down the list of boom, 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 boom. And I said, you know what? I'm fully responsible for this thing. Like, why am I mad at her? She was just doing it for her own good, right? She, maybe she needed the money more than me. But like, I have something to do with this. Like, this is totally not my fault, but I have a lot of responsibility in this. And it released all of the anger, resentment, everything almost immediately when I realized, you know what, this is an amazing learning lesson. This actually happened for me, not to me. Um, and it shifted, it shifted the way I operated my business. It shifted everything when that happened. It was the biggest blessing I could have ever imagined was having somebody embezzle money from me. Like huge blessing, huge blessing. I mean, I learned a tremendous amount. Um, so that was, yeah, that was, that's, that's a story in there that actually happened and, and got some pretty major lessons from it. That's powerful, man. And I think that we can apply that in many areas and facets of our life, right? Any, anytime we're playing that 100%. victim role that makes us feel weak, less than angry, scared, anxious, any of those, those emotions, those negative downtone emotions, right? taking the time to audit and say, okay, where is my responsibility in this? Taking back control, learning the lesson, applying the lesson, right? Don't learn the lesson and then repeat the mistake, apply the lesson and it becomes an empowering tool and an empowering part of your story, which you can now use to help 
educate others along those same lines, right? So incredible, Skylar. I really appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate the authentic uh, ability that you have to, to share something like that. A lot of people would be shamed by that, right? Or, or not want to share that type of a mistake. So I appreciate you doing that. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with my friend Skylar Lewis, CEO, the author of the two-day CEO right there at the top of the room. If you click that link, you can grab a copy of his book. We've got about 13 minutes left with this guy. I've been incredibly selfish this entire time uh, asking all my own questions. My guess is there are some people in the room that would love to ask you some uh, questions, Skylar, would love to dig a little bit deeper. And so I want to create space for that right now. So if you are here on the stage and you have questions or comments for Skylar, go ahead and flash your mics. I will flip through here. I know this is a big O stage. Sometimes it's hard to see. Let's start with Tree. I see Tree Reed. You go ahead and dive right in, and then we'll keep the conversation going from there. Just go ahead and unmic, say your name, ask your question, or share your comment, and let's keep it rocking and rolling. Go ahead, Tree. Good morning, everyone. Hi, everyone. My name is Tree. Um, I am living in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. Thank you so much, Skylar. I just had to flash my mic and um, and say something in reference to what you said um, in the last ending of your story how you had to shift it to take responsibility in that situation. I remember a few years ago, um, God put it on my heart to do a YouTube video, and that's what it was about, self-awareness. I think a lot of times we get into situations and things happen to us, and we're a victim. We actually didn't cause it when you look at it, and, and we actually had nothing to do with the, the other person hurting us in a way. But in order for us to get over it, we have to find some kind of responsibility in it of why did it happen to me? How did it happen to me? And for that, back then, years ago, I said we, we have to find some kind of acceptance and accountability in everything that happens to us. And so I had to speak and say something. Thank you for that. That's just was confirmation from years ago, what God gave me about self-awareness in everything that happens to us. What happens, even if it's dealing with our health, how did I get here? What steps did I take in my life to get me on this path? And so, yeah, thank you so much for that. I just wanted to share that. This is Tree. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Great share. I appreciate that. Who's next? Just go ahead and unmic and say your name. I can. It's a big stage. Hey, Skylar um, and Glenn. This has been such an amazing, amazing um, just talk takeaways today. So I had a question, Skylar. But before I say that, let me tell you something. These bonuses are fire. <laughs> okay. Yes, I ordered my book. I cannot believe these bonuses, Skylar. <laughs> these are truly. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes, my goodness. Like, I'm already diving into, oh my goodness, interview questions, uh, which kind of goes into the question I wanted to ask you when it's time for you to hire a team, because I know that's the point in where I am. How do you go about hiring someone? Like you said, uh, trustworthy. Were you feeling in your heart? Because I'm also spirit led as well. Um, so any tips on hiring the right person and not the wrong person? Oh, there's such a good book. There's a great book on that. It's called Who Hiring? W-H-O Hiring by a guy named Geoff, G-E-O-F-F, Smart. And really good book. That's kind of a short read, but, but pretty good. But um, you got to get your hiring process down, right? What's your hiring process? So I'll tell you what my hiring process is. So I'll post an ad right on Craigslist or Indeed or any of the job sites. I like Indeed a lot right now. Indeed's rocking for us. Uh, post an ad, right? Uh, I have an ad right now for an, an executive assistant on there. And so then I get the resumes in uh, and then I go through and then I'll make an initial call. But I'll make sure I kind of, I like to document the questions that I'm gonna ask. So I, I always have like, hey, what are the best questions that get me the best responses? Because in interviewing, that's an art by itself. I'm actually gonna build a whole process on how to interview. 
because uh, I've done thousands of interviews uh, over the years, and so kind of mastered that. But really, for a good inter you, you, for a good interview, you want to be talking about twenty five percent of the time. You want to be asking questions about seventy. Uh, uh, you want that. You want them to be talking about seventy five percent of the time. So she, you should be mostly asking questions and diving in to see if they're a good fit. And then, so that's usually, that's interview one. With I, I like to have. You could do a phone screening. I like to do a phone screening first with like, I'll ask three or four or five questions, kind of get to know them a little bit, see if I like their voice and, and see if they're like a good fit from what I'm feeling over the phone. You can usually get a good, a good you can get the vibe of the person over the phone. And then, so that's the, a phone interview. Then I do a, a first person interview and then I'll have those questions kind of documented. And then I'll, uh, my goal is to find out if they'd be a good cultural fit. Like, am I going to like them? Am I going to want to hang out with them? Do I want to spend time with them? If I get the feeling that I don't, don't hire them. If there's something weird about the person, don't hire them. If you're like, ah, I don't know what it is, trust your intuition on that. Or dig deeper and ask some more questions to find out why you're feeling that way. Your intuition, if we learn to trust that, it can be very powerful. Um, and then we do a second interview. So we do a second. So we usually do a, a phone, a first, and a second, and sometimes a third interview. And on that second interview, we do more of a skill-based like first, I want to know if they're a cultural fit. Then skill-based, I want to know like, hey, let's dive in. Maybe if it's a role they're going to be on the computer, maybe throw them on the computer. Say, hey, would you mind showing me how you uh, set this up or how you do this? Like, like ask the right questions to get them to a place where you, you know like, hey, I'm very confident this person is quick, is sharp. You know, whatever it is, don't just, you know, don't just find out if, I, if you like the person. Find, make sure they actually could do the job well too. And then I, for, for newer roles, I would take them and their spouse out to dinner. So for, for most of our roles, we take the, their spouses out to dinner and go connect with them. And you'll learn a lot about the person when you meet their spouse, a lot. And so I love those, they're, they're fun, A, and, but it also gets their buy-in because it, like when we do it, they, you know, the spouse always says, hey, I've, the, I've never worked for a company where they cared about you know, my husband or my wife. And that person will share that, like, thank you for caring enough to go to dinner and connect. And so, cause I want to get their buy-in long-term as a team member. And so I'll, I'll go out to dinner or go do a lunch with them and their spouse. And then, yeah, I, we basically just make sure we vet, vet enough to where we find that right person. You might have to interview 10 people, 15 people. Like uh, I post an ad, if I post an ad for an office person or executive, I get hundreds of resumes right now. So there's a lot of people out there that are looking for a good opportunity. Hey, uh, Glenn, this is Ramon. Hey, Skylar, can I ask something, Glenn? Yeah, absolutely, Ramon. Dark Thank you, Skylar. I just want to say, by the way, your advertising is bomber. I got an ad before, way before this conversation targeted to me about your uh, your uh, other thing you're doing, the um, uh, Rise Up. It was like, speaking <laughs> to me. I saw guys with beards and jacked up and danger and all this stuff. And I'm like, yep, that's me. So anyways, good job on the, on the advertising. Thanks, man. Right I'm curious, what do you do, Skylar, if you meet a guy and his, his wife is like a little cray-cray, like, Oh no! Or you meet mm. a, a lady, and she's a perfect fit for your company, but the husband's like, off, you know, like not so cool. Just curious, do you tell them, "Hey, I like you, but just so you know, we can't hire you because your family's like gonna be a problem." Just how do you handle that? If the person you want to hire is great, but their spouse is just like not a fit, or you know, they're gonna be a drag yeah. on them serving the company. Yeah, um, that matters, right? Because it, it does matter, if, especially if you have a smaller team, you're gonna have a more family feel. Um, so you, you got to process that. I've only not hired about two people after I met their spouses. Cause uh, you know, one guy was, I was, I, I interviewed him and he was going to be in this leadership role. But then when I, when I went to dinner, his wife was just overpowering him completely. Like he was this little weak, timid guy. I'm like, this is a way different guy than I interviewed. Cause you get to see, you get to see them. They have their interview face on in the interview, but you, you get them in a natural environment or around other, other people. Like you get to see the real them. That's the goal. You want to see the real them. Like, so one interview, you can't learn the real person. You need two, three, four times sometimes to really like, oh, like you want to pull out anything that could not work. So anyway, I met this guy and his wife and then his wife was just overpowering him, like dominating him. And, and so I got just a totally different perspective of this guy. And so we ended up not hiring him. I'm like, I, I need somebody strong in that, in that role. And this guy, you know, he's, he's kind of getting dominated, uh, overpowered. So, um, so I don't know, you got to feel it out. On, on whether or not uh, this, that'll be more of an intuition thing, kind of like, yeah, does this feel right? Or if, if this feels off, then maybe don't roll with it. Um, the goal is you so want to do you tell them? Do you tell them, Skyler? 
did I tell him that? Uh, I don't remember if I told this guy that. <laughs> I just said it's not the right fit. It's not the right fit. So, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I, I most likely did not tell him. Don't. I would not tell him that. Yeah, your wife's a little, you know, you know. So yeah, don't tell him. Don't tell him that. Say, hey, you're not the right fit. You know what I mean? Um, for this role. Politic, politicking, right? You got to be a, you got to be a, a politician on, on something like that. <laughs> to be mindful. Be yeah. mindful. That's right. All right. Hey, hey we got time for one more, one more question. Who's voice? Do it's Tamara. How's it going? Hi, Tamara. What's up, amazing. brother? So excited to jump in here. I had like a couple of free minutes in my morning, and I was like, "Hey, I wonder what Breakfast of Champions is doing." And then I know Skyler through Rise Up, and so I was like, "Whoa, come on, God." I'm so grateful for that. Skylar, I have a question for you in that regards. I've actually um, been continually just presented the opportunity to work alongside men in their like establishment of their God dream and actually saying yes to building a business around it. And I found that in juxtaposition to female entrepreneurs, men are ready to like dive all in, but there's still some limiting beliefs trapped up in um, their money mindset and also their ability to understand how like common day ministers um, are not applicable to make money because they have a church. Can you help me help them break that mindset that business is ministry and ministry is business? Yeah, that's a little bit more of a complex question for, I think we have a minute left. Um, I would say Business is ministry. Yeah, I mean, that's what we teach. We teach at, at Rise Up Kings that, hey, this is your, like, we want people to live on purpose. And so that's our, that's my vision. And the more people I can get living on purpose and living with a fire that they wake up every day just on fire, knowing that they're doing what they're called to do is just, there's nothing more powerful than that. And so uh, here, like for some people, right, your, your ministry can be in, in your business. It's in your interactions with your customers. It's in your interactions with your employees. It's how you treat people, not just being nice, right? nice nice scares me when people are too nice i get i get nervous because it's fake most of the time so i like i like real i like real like interactions and so just not being nice to your team like hey but how, how are you helping them level up how are you making an impact in their lives so i mean i i just share that hey you know yeah there's a longer process to that i'm sure but really i'm just i just give them i just let them know hey this is like right now at this moment it's pro it could be your ministry uh, it could not also be your purpose or calling, but chances are, if God has you there, that there's a good chance that, uh, that he wants you there where you're at and to use that moment in time to go make a big difference and to go make an impact while you're there. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. I know we could talk about it all, all day. Honestly, it's a, it's a big mm -hmm. conversation, but I just mm -hmm. really feel that connectivity to your mission to stand on purpose to show up on purpose and to establish, if you're going to establish a business, make sure it's with purpose and for purpose. It, it doesn't then let you bleed out your passion, but every single day and every single minute of every single day. And I think that's what really sells people because you're serving them out of a space of purpose. It's really mm -hmm. good. It's powerful. Yep. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, along those lines, you used a word there, like when you're, when, when you're moving every day with purpose, it is power, right? And a lot of us understand power and we want to feel powerful and we want to be in powerful positions, but a lot of us might not connect that power comes from purpose. So the more we tie our purpose into what we do, mm -hmm. the more powerful we walk. And I think that that is a way that you, Tamara, could help those that are having a hard time making that connection, help them to see that there is power in purpose. Yeah. Power. Makes me first, you know, um, that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I've never really leaned into that for men, right? Because I'm, I'm used to working with women. So I, I really love that. That's great, Glenn. Thanks so much. You bet, you bet, you bet. Ladies and gentlemen, I could hang out with Skylar all day long, <laughs> any day. He is an incredible human being. I highly, highly suggest and endorse uh, my man, Skyler, go grab a copy of his book, The Two-Day CEO. You can go to two, the number two, dayceo.com, grab a copy. He's also got some bonuses that you can get with that as well. If you are a person who has uh, leaders that you work with, I would grab copies for them, which is what I just did, so I can get copies for all of my people, all of my clients, 
Uh, and also, Ramon, you and I talked about you going to a Rise Up Kings event with Skylar. I remember us having that conversation. So I hope that you two will get to, to share that space because it really is an amazing, an amazing uh, event. And I, I think I'll be at the one in October, right? You've got one in May and, and then I think I'll be at the one in October. So Skylar, thanks so much for being here with us on Breakfast with Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would, make some, no- make some noise for my man, Mr. Skylar Lewis. Thank you, Skylar. Woohoo! Thank you, thank you. Woohoo! Thank you, Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.